Good morning. It's Easter Sunday. He is risen. It's so good that you're together with us for our Easter sermon. Our text for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Uh, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the uh, the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, help us today to experience the reality of the resurrection. Lord, help us to respond faithfully and live in such a way that it invites your kingdom into this world. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. He's alive. On Friday, Jesus died and was sealed in the grave, but death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't keep him. He defeated both and he is risen. What incredible news. But now what? Nothing really changed, at least not right away. What are we to do with this world-changing news that doesn't seem to be changing anything? The disciples surely didn't have an answer for that, not right away. After seeing the empty tomb, Peter and John turned around and went home. That was it. They saw that Jesus was risen and they walked away from the tomb and went back to where they were gathered. At the beginning of the next chapter of John, Peter announces to the other disciples, I'm going fishing. They said, we'll go with you. Now, Peter wasn't just looking for a recreational afternoon out on the lake. No, he was a fisherman by trade. He was saying it's time to get back to work. It's as if Peter was saying to the crowd, Hey, it's been a great three years. I'm so glad that it ended well for Jesus. But it's time to get back to work. It's time for us to go earn a living. Uh, It was fun, but time to get back to our old way of life. 
after the resurrection, they turned, returned to the jobs that they were doing before they met Jesus. It's the end of the story, so it seems. Very exciting three years of ministry, some, uh, some fun tales they would have for their grandchildren, but really not much more. Over the next 40 days, 500 of Jesus' followers would see him alive. But nothing really happened with the resurrection news. It was kind of an insider story. It certainly wasn't changing the world. Not yet. So what are we to do with the resurrection? This is incredible news. What should the result be? How should it change the world? The church has struggled to answer that important question for 2,000 years. For some, the whole point of the resurrection is just that people believe. All you have to do is believe that it happened. Believe Jesus rose from the dead, get baptized, then you can sit back in repute and coast your way right on into the pearly gates. Now, I'm making a little bit light of it, but for much of our recent church history, the only real emphasis has been on believing that God raised Jesus from the dead. And if you have that belief, then you get into heaven. But there's not much of a game plan for what happens in between the time you believe and the time you go on to heaven. This, it creates this downtime, really, between salvation and death where there are no real expectations. Yeah, avoid some sins, but ultimately we've, we have limited the resurrection to, uh, to just assent to a belief. We've made, it, uh, we, we've made it an exercise of the mind rather than of the whole life. Believe, get baptized, sit back and coast into the pearly gates. Well, that, that can't be right, though. Surely the resurrection is more than just fire insurance. Surely everything Jesus did for us is about more than just helping us to escape some horrible fate at the end of our lives. Surely the resurrection is about more than just death. Well, frequently throughout history, the resurrection has also been an excuse for the church to colonize various parts of the world. We have used the story of the, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus to go into all, all parts of the world, uh, too often to subjugate people rather than to liberate them. The resurrection message became an excuse for us to, to go in and take over parts of the world and quote-unquote Christianize them. And all too often we did it for an advance of our own power. And the results have too often been tragic, subjugating rather than liberating. Surely that's not the point of the resurrection either. The resurrection wasn't designed to favor one group of people over another group. Well, even in our time, the resurrection gets all tangled up in other issues. The, the resurrection is tangled up with power, with politics, with prosperity. Uh, we attach Jesus' resurrection to all of those things. But are those the things the reason are those things the reason that Jesus rose from the dead? Did, did Jesus come out of the tomb just to give folks like me more power, more prosperity, more political influence? It's hard to believe that. So Jesus rejected those things in his ministry. Why would he rise again to give them to us now? If it's none of that, then what do we do with the resurrection? What's the point? Peter's story offers three important suggestions. First, 
May the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead open our eyes to see as God sees. Peter and John ran to the empty tomb on that first day of the week. Now they had heard Jesus talk about his death and resurrection. They heard the news, but they didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to them yet. But on that first day of the week, uh, after Jesus was crucified, they ran to the tomb when Mary had shared the news with them. They ran and they ran into the tomb and they saw and they believed. When Peter and John saw the grave clothes, when they saw the empty tomb, they believed. Jesus had told them the truth, but they missed it. But when they saw it, they were convinced of the glory of God. May God give us eyes to see God's glory all around us. I'm afraid too often we're blind to all that God is doing among us. I hear people complain that, that God no longer does miracles, but I'm afraid that we just don't, we no longer have eyes to see the miracles that God is performing. It's springtime. Have you seen the, uh, have you seen the new flowers coming out? Uh, a reminder of all things being made new. Uh, over the last year was spending more time at home with me working from home and in nice weather working from our deck. Uh, I've gotten a couple of bird feeders and put them out in the backyard. I, I wanted to watch nature uh, while I was working during the pandemic. We've been feeding those and we've had a steady stream of birds that have come in. Particularly, we've had some doves and we've had some cardinals. Uh, it's been fun to watch them. I actually watched the doves build a nest last spring and uh, they would come into our yard and find twigs and, and they would fly away into the sweet gum tree in our neighbor's yard and they would uh, form, begin forming those into a nest for hour after hour they would get twigs to make their nest. Well, uh, just a little earlier this spring, I started noticing some new birds in the feeders. There were cardinals and there were doves, but they were much smaller. It dawned on me, this is the new life. This is the new life that was coming into being, even in the pandemic. Uh, these new younger birds were the first generation of birds to be born uh, from parents feeding on our feeders. Such a simple thing, such a simple thing to watch. But even in that, I see a reminder of God making all things new. I hear the laughter of children in our neighborhood. I don't know, sometimes that can get on our nerves. Sometimes we wonder what they're up to, but shouldn't we also see that this is the new generation that God has given us, the new generation that can experience love and life in this world if we leave the world in good shape for them? Uh, I pray that God will open our eyes to see and believe the resurrection, to see the signs that are all around us, and to have faith. Uh, May we notice what we already know. But seeing is just part of it. Lots of people see and even appreciate, but may God also give us a heart to love those whom Christ loves. At breakfast in Galilee, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I do. Three times Jesus asked him. Jesus said, then care for people. Feed my sheep, tend my lambs, feed the flock, care for people. We tend to distrust and dislike what we don't understand. We build walls between ourselves and whatever we perceive as different. But when we have a heart like Jesus, we are able to see the resurrection in even those who are different from us. 
we begin to see the beauty of God's creation beyond our own circle of influence. I'm reminded of my last trip to the Holy Land. Uh, I took with me some uh, some good friends from where we were living at the time. Uh, they were staunch Baptists. They were very faithful in their Baptist church, devout Christians, and uh, I was so proud that they went on this trip to the Holy Land with us. But uh, while they did have a very strict view of what Christianity looked like. It looked like the way they had experienced it in their tradition. Well, we got to the Holy Land and it broadened their experience to say the least. Uh, they were at first put off a little bit by some of what they saw. We, uh, we were in the church in the nativity down in the cave where Jesus was born. We happened to be there at the time that some Eastern Orthodox priests were observing mass. Uh, they were there with, with their outfits, which are, uh, uh, which are very interesting and very ornate. And they had incense. In fact, incense filled the cave and they were speaking another language and there was all sorts of ritual and it was, uh, nothing that even remotely resembled Baptist worship. And my friends in viewing that afterwards, they were, they shared with me that they were a little bit concerned about what was going on. It didn't feel Christian to them because it wasn't what they grew up with. But over the, over the coming days on our trip, they would have the opportunity to visit in numerous different churches, Roman Catholic churches, Orthodox churches, uh, Ethiopian churches, all sorts of churches that are built there in the Holy Land. We would have the chance to be a part of worship in, in different and meaningful ways. Uh, later in the week, my friend came to me and he said, you know, this has been good for me to realize that there are other people that follow Jesus differently than we do. Wow. Other people can follow Jesus differently than the way we do. It was a, an epiphany moment for him. Uh, his family began to love and appreciate Christians that before they would have discounted, perhaps. Uh, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. I pray that the resurrection gives us a heart to look around the world and to see past our differences and to discover that we're all part of the same family. We are, uh, we're all children of Abraham. We're all children of Noah and God has created us all and loves us all. May we see the image of God in every other individual. May God give us hearts to love those whom Christ loves. And then may God give us hands to serve all so that all people might come to know the love of God. May God move us into action. I'm reminded of the story of Peter again in Cornelius over in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10. Now, Cornelius is a Gentile follower of God, not a Christian yet, but he's a follower of God, but a Gentile. And of course, Jews have no dealings with Gentiles. If a Jew even went into the home of a Gentile, the, the Jew would be unclean. They would have to purify themselves before they could go to the synagogue or the temple or before they could participate in any of the feast or, or high and holy days in Judaism. So uh, they the Jews viewed Gentiles as unclean. But Peter had the opportunity to come and visit Cornelius. Uh, Cornelius had been praying and God told Cornelius to send messengers to bring Peter into his house. Peter went to Cornelius' house. He sat down in 
Cornelius's house, uh, making himself unclean ritually. He ate a meal with Cornelius, which would have been strictly forbidden by Judaism. But he, uh, Peter, expanded his horizons. He loved like God loves, and he served Cornelius. And because he went, because Peter defiled himself with the food and with Cornelius's house, because Peter defiled himself, Cornelius and his whole household came to Christ and were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I pray that God will give us hands to work like that, to get outside of ourselves, to get outside of our walls, to get outside of our comfort zones, to be with those whom we perceive as different, and to love them as beloved creatures of God and to share God's love together with them. I'm reminded of one of my churches that was as a more fluent church. I led a small group in that church that uh, in, in spiritual formation. And along the way, we, we spent time in prayer and in devotion and, and discussing our, our different ideas and beliefs, but I wanted us to experience ministry as well. And so I asked them to consider going to serve a meal at the Salvation Army to the homeless shelter. It really scared some of them. Uh, my lifelong devout Christians had spent very little or even no time with homeless or with poor people, and they were really scared and put off by it. But they trusted me, and nevertheless, they they went with me to the to the Salvation Army to serve the meal. Uh, but I'd ask them. I said, "We're not just going to serve the food. We're going to sit down and eat with the residents there. We're going to sit with the guest," and we did. As I debriefed afterwards, I asked what their experience was. One lady said to me, I saw Jesus tonight. She saw Jesus in the eyes of a homeless person. That's what happens when we serve. So Jesus is alive. What are we going to do with the resurrection? May God give us eyes to see as Christ sees, hearts to love as Christ loves, and hands to do as Christ does. Amen.